Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. To all the lovely viewers and listeners who, by the way, just in case it wasn't super clear, this podcast is not only available on YouTube, which is by far, of course, the most viewed part of bottom of the smash mountain but you can also catch this on spotify and on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere basically that a podcast is you can go to it and you can listen in even on places like audible but if you just go to linktree it's like linktree.ee slash cypher 003 which is in the description below i have a link tree now so you can go find literally any link that you want that i have you can find it there you get it but I'm also very excited to introduce this evening's guest. We have Cree Stab of Conduit Gaming, not only of literally, this is the owner of Conduit Gaming. Let's go. So Cree Stab, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Um, got off work, played some Melee. Here I am, ready to talk about more Melee. More Melee. What is your typical Melee play session look like? Do you play direct? Do you try to go on unranked? How do you normally do Melee when you're playing? It's either unranked or I'm playing doubles with the main Discord. There's a lot of doubles fiends in there. Well, did you say the when you said main Discord, you mean M A I N E main the state of Maine? Yes. Yeah, um I currently live in Maine. Um and like we're a pretty close knit scene. Um not the most like pop in scene, but uh we're all pretty friendly and I only recently moved here within the past year, so they've been welcoming me in already feel like i'm included part of the group so it's it's pretty nice scene that's really cool i was going to ask you if that's where you came up but it sounds like the answer is no however i'm interested in hearing your perspective as a newer main player how does maine interact with the rest of new england because it goes as far down south as connected connecticut and rhode island which is loosely also considered new york because a lot of players from uh, connecticut and also rhode island will occasionally go down to nightclub, that kind of stuff. And I'm referring yeah. to the NYC Melee nightclub. What is your perception of that? Um, we actually have um, quite a few ties to the, the rest of New England. Like um, Stock Money and Trail frequent up here quite a lot. There's a, a monthly up here called the Waterville. And then it has different names every month. But uh, it, oh, it cool. usually gets some pretty good attendees, like a cup of water. Um, Dr. Lame is pretty definitively the best player up here in Maine. He goes there every time. So it's definitely something to check out if you're in New England. There's usually a carpool or two from people all over New England that'll come up and play, usually take Maine players' money. But we, we're we happy to have them, so <laughs> please take our money. <laughs> Good practice, at least. Oh, yeah. So that's really cool to hear that so far so good up in maine but where did you come up with melee when did you first hear about the game how did you actually get into this game um two phases first phase i was just a kid and i didn't know competitive esports was even a thing um and i feel like that's the story for a lot of melee players um around my age um you know got it christmas or something like that and then played around with like items on hyrule with uh my sisters in particular um friends occasionally but yeah smash has always kind of been something that i've enjoyed um growing up 
uh, whether it be melee or brawl, just playing for fun. And then I was in college. I think it was like sophomore year. Um, there was uh, just a, a CRT sitting in like the forum uh, of, of the, the university I went to. And the, the head of like the gaming organization had melee set up. And I was like, hey, I know this game. And uh, played around a little bit. And he, he mentioned that uh, there was like weeklies that were, would be held. I was like, oh, yeah, I think my friend w used to play competitive Smash a little bit. I'll, I'll come check it out. And it kind of just kept going. And eventually, I, the, the melee TO, I think, was like a senior. Um, and when he left, I, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of picked up TOing happenstance and then I haven't stopped since. So, I love hearing how people tend to pick up TOing because the person who's doing it just decides, you know what, I'm done. And then you feel this call to action that, that sort of comes from within. I feel like I, feel like I want to hear more stories when somebody says, look, I'm going to be done in about a month or I'm going to be done in three months. Now I'm going to start looking at all the rest of you who come to these tournaments and I need one of you. Oh, you, you're the person. I'm going to have to train you up to be the TO. I feel like I hear that a lot less often. I, I don't want to criticize melee TOs, by the way. It's tough to do everything as well as, on top of all that, to find a successor. But I love hearing, even still, regardless of how it happens, the people who TO tournaments, we, we owe them a lot. So thank you for TOing yourself, Kreestab. How did that go at first? Were you doing that because you thought, I'm the one who keeps it going? Did you do it because you thought, this is how I can continue to grow in the scene? Did you already decide, you know what, maybe becoming the best player in the world is not for me? Like, how did you feel that call to action? Um, I kind of just liked doing it. I've always been kind of like a, an organizational-minded person. Like, in high school... I was um, part of like the theater crew. Um, All right. Doing, yeah, yeah. Like a stage manager. Um, I think I directed one of the shows at, at one point. Um, got the the high school award for a technical achievement. Um, I don't know. It, it's just something that kind of came naturally to me. So I, it was a really small scene. Like the, the university I went to was Clarkson University up in Potsdam, New York, like upstate, but. When when I say northern New York, I mean like it was Canada basically, um, but it, it wasn't like a bad scene. We had maybe like ten regulars at the time, but we had like Darktooth and Larfin, who are very good melee players. So it was a really weird dichotomy of small but really good melee, and it, it was very engaging. Like it was the first thing outside of like my freshman friend group where I felt connected to something in the community. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I jumped in on it because I enjoyed it. It was video games, something that just came naturally to me. Like I've always been a gamer and I could make friends doing it. And um, somebody had to do it. Like um, it, it was a mix of Melee and Ultimate and the, the, the person who originally got me in, the one who had the CRT set up was the Ultimate head TO. Um, so, like, there always had to be that melee sidekick uh, that would get the get the old game running, and um, it just ended up being me. Like, I, I don't remember if it was like a, a flip of the switch or if I kind of just got integrated into it as time went on. Um, but that's just how it happened. I ended up being the the TO for North Country for a couple of years, um, and I don't. I, I I'm very happy that it happened. I wouldn't be where I am without that.
you were already having experience with leading different projects before doing melee stuff, which I think is really cool because you you just you just start to realize that even if it's melee, it's still there's just getting from point A to point B and helping everybody get there, players, the stream runner, however it is. And well, actually, did you even have a stream for these tournaments? No, no, I don't think we did. Um, I think there might have been a stream for the Smash Four. Uh, eventually ultimate and there might have been a melee stream for like the larger events like every semester there would be uh like a golden land event i don't think we had those streams but there's a chance i, I wish we did like if i had more know-how and, and assets at the time then it might have been able to be something to make happen but this was like pre-slippy era so it was a lot more complicated to get that going yeah and the other part of that is you're taking over for somebody else who's taking a step back. So if they don't have a stream set up to give you, you're like, uh, I don't guess I'll just won't do streaming either. Uh, that So I yeah. definitely understand that. You mentioned yeah, Larfin. Like, this is so weird. Sorry, I'll let you finish before I do Larfin. No, I, I remember there, there was a stream, if I, if I recall correctly, because I do remember bringing my desktop PC from my dorm room across campus to, to stream those <laughs> events. Um, not, not a weekly thing, but I think for the big events, they were streamed. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. At least the big ones. That's nice. That's nice. Cause I, I always like the idea that even if you have a really small community for me in 717, I'm referring to Lancaster PA, which is not central Pennsylvania, but we're a lot closer to Philly. The best way to think of it is if you've ever heard of Harrisburg, that's the capital of Pennsylvania, that 717 more or less is Harrisburg area. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, we might have eight people show up on a good day, <laughs> 12 people on a really good day, but we still yeah, yeah. do a stream <laughs> and it might only be for an hour and a half because we're basically starting off with top eight or just doing round robin because we don't even have enough people for top eight, but we're still streaming because we want to be out here to tell the people who might be specifically looking up a stream in their local area and yeah. saying, oh, there's melee, but. I still like the fact that we do it. So looking forward to whenever we get back to IRL Melee, hopefully sometime in the near future, still still searching for a venue that we can continue to stream. And I wanted to mention Larfin because those, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, I, I, knew, I, I did not know Larfin was, was, was a person until a couple of nights ago. Sorry. Yeah, it was Saturday night where Larfin and Seal are commentating Hold That L uh, out in Chicago, hold that L7, and they're commentating all of top eight. Seal and Larfin, apparently, both Sheik mains just love all the Sheiks that are in that top eight. And then I'm thinking to myself, as you're talking about the fact that Larfin was there at Clarkston, does northern upstate New York just produce Sheiks upon Sheiks upon Sheiks? Is that, is that Sheik country? Because I'm also thinking about no. JMook, and I know that's only two players, but still. This, did you feel like there was certain characters you're scene tended to lean towards no actually it was very diverse um other than you know like you're gonna get a bunch of spaces you can't avoid that but uh, yep. beyond that it was like there was a really good ganon player g nasty um there was dark tooth who was fox but dark tooth was just so far above everyone else he just played whoever he wanted and still won without question <laughs> i think he might have dropped 
a set or two. There were a couple players that if they caught Darktooth slipping on like his Pichu or something could maybe take it. But it 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 was uh, a lot of good players and like one really good player. Um, I, I couldn't even come close. Like I, I look back at my record. Um, if you go to my like PG stats, um, because netplay era, there's so many different players. You're not gonna have like five sets in a year with someone unless you're grinding like really niche communities. So if you sort it by like the set count. I would be like zero thirteen with like some of these some of these people that would just come out every week and like you know I, I definitely wasn't the better player. I think that's partially why I lean towards toing because I was always kind of free before everyone else. So <laughs> you know, like if you can't beat them, to them. Yes, I mean I'm finding myself already kind of slipping into that because I'm saying to our to we need to start doing stuff again. He's going, you want to help? But I was like. If this is what it takes to bring back events, let's go. Uh, and in fairness, finding venues is just really tough for especially the area that we're in. All right. So now we start to get to the part where originally, I think it started off as Creestab Gaming. I don't know if it had a name even before that. Now it's known as Conduit of Gaming, of course. But if you were talking about TOing Ultimate slash Melee events, then this is all starting to become pretty recent. Was it 2019 or so when ideas for your own esports org start to form post-college? Yes. It originally started actually with Slap City. So um, I would say that that was my breakout in terms of like reputable esports scene uh, involvement. Um, When Slap City like exploded i was one of like the head tos back when it was just like really small and then you got like a video from video game donkey and a video is a bunch of videos from like alpha rad and suddenly we're getting like 80 plus per- person tournaments um and when i started working with ludosity and they were funding like the monthlies and stuff i needed like a way to handle those transactions so i started like Creestop gaming just as a way to like, you know, handle, okay, I'm managing money and I'm paying it out, you know, put a label on that. Um, start, that's where the branding started. It wasn't just me like TOing my local friends and university peers. It was people all over the place with like hundreds of viewers. Uh, if you go to like GR Slap on YouTube, there's VODs with like 30K plus views with West Balls and stuff like that. Like it, it was a completely different feel it, it it was a lot larger in scope and when my time with slap city kind of came to an end there was a gap because i felt like i had started being involved in something greater and i didn't want that to stop so naturally i fell back on my melee roots when slippy came out like that was it was a no-brainer in my mind it's like okay i can to online like i did with slap city for a game that I have a lot more experience and passion for. Let's just do it. So Friday Night Melee was my first venture to that. And I still do Friday Night Melee. It's it's evolved over the years, but it's definitely the, a, a core tenant of, of, of Conduit Gaming, formerly Crease Dive Gaming. Um, it's just a lot letting players play Melee. <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all I really wanted to do is to enable people who really like melee to play melee 
uh, I don't really expect much in return. Um, and I'm not really offering like uh, career level sponsorships. I'm just trying to enable people to do the thing that they like doing, despite whatever circumstances they might have holding them back, just trying to help. And um, that's kind of that that's my mission statement. Um, grassroots on a global scale, just help these players and people might not even know of just become someone that people know. That's cool to hear that it seems okay. So you you go from playing to TOing to Omega TOing to saying I feel like my impact can be larger than just a few people at a at a local can be something that's a little bit bigger and also continue to raise the people that are around me at the same time because the temptation is and I feel like it would be this way for me as well. Like if something big happens, I'd be like, okay, well. How do I absorb this all into me? Whereas for you, the uh, the cool thing is that, of course, we, you know, like if somebody comes to you, gives you a lot of opportunities, you'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll take you up on that. But um, but but still thinking about helping uh, others who may not be in the same exact situation as you, or in, in the case of sponsoring players, there's a player who's really really good at melee. And they're not getting a whole lot of attention, but because you have your boots on the ground, you know a lot of these up-and-coming players, and you talk to them before anybody else does because nobody else knows about them. And you say, "Well, we can help you. We can help you get to the next level." Is that sort of what you feel like your your strength in terms of conduit gaming is? More or less, yeah. I'm a, a player scout of sorts. Like through originally the sponsorships were through Friday Night Melee. Um, I, the first sponsorship was JFlex. He won, uh, a Friday Night Melee back in March. Uh, it used to be like a monthly sponsorship series where players would get invited who, you know, showed their commitment to Conduit Gaming in the sense of playing in like my events. Um, and then, you know, if you win the big event, then you get your payback. You 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 sh you showed your involvement with the things that I was doing, and I'm going to support you for that. Um, but the the formula changed after a while, and I realized like that there are better ways to find these players, and um, the this new system of of an application allows me to kind of still have the whole I'm going to play in a tournament to get that sponsorship. Um, but more selectively, because with the old Friday Night Melee formula, it was uh, a lot more open to, to like people who are not necessarily taking the game super seriously. Um, it was just like the regulars, you know, the, 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 the locals. It had more of a local feel. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making sure that I understand what you feel... Conduit gaming does uh, at its core or what it does best, but of course that's changed over the while. So you you were talking about how Friday Night Melee is more of an open bracket, more of a local feel, but an invitational. Oh, this just sounds so cool, right? You we want to be yeah. invited to an invitational. So you're we're we're getting into this now, but we're talking about the Conduit Gaming sponsorship invitational. It's like more. It's more than just. Come to Friday Night Melee. If you win, you get a sponsorship for a little bit. It's like, oh, I win this invitational with these other good players. Oh, word. So you just, you know, you tweak it slightly 
and you feel like you can kind of narrow the search, but also pull the the the, the gold nuggets out a lot faster. Yeah. Okay, so I think I was slightly more on topic than I thought I was when I had <laughs> the question. But yeah, so the, the, the core tenant has been like players who are obviously showing they've got the talent and might not necessarily have the means to do anything beyond signing up for free online brackets. Um, now with the applications, it's more of like, a, okay, you can't just sign up and win and then get sponsorship. Like I'm handpicking people to a certain extent that I want to see compete for representing the brand um and i i'm 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 excited to see how that goes because i haven't sponsored a player since early january um there was a a very a period of very rapid fire since like from march to december it was like a new player every month um it was a experimental phase to kind of nail down what i wanted this to be and now that i think i have a better idea of it it, this is going to kick off kind of a, a different era of conduit gaming in terms of sponsorships. I'm hoping to make this a little bit more formal in what I'm trying to do. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to be doing career sponsorships, at least not on this large of a scale. But uh, th- that's not necessarily a bad thing. They can't all be Panda Global sponsorships. Like, not all these orgs can be Cloud9. Like. I pay players either for online play, like if you are grinding TMT or East Coast Fridays and you're putting up like top eights, you're going to get a little bit of a a windfall for that. Or if you're offline, if you're just like a local grinder, you have a local, I'll cover your entry fees. Um, And then on the upper end, like you've got uh, travel expenses, like I'll cover a couple hundred a, a, a month for you to go to these big events that are popping up. Um, gold contract, you get all of the above. Uh, like, it, it's not nothing. And I, I feel like a lot of the time, these smaller orgs, just because we're not essentially hiring players, we're, it, we're looked almost like free agents. And that's just not the case. It's, it's not an insignificant thing to be sponsored by these smaller orgs. And it's not just kind of gaming. Like, I can't speak for these orgs, so take it with a grain of salt. But... Other orgs like Pulse or All Chat, uh, even orgs like Pudding Frog, like I, I don't know the logistics behind them, but they're not nothing. They're 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 sponsorships, and the players they say they're sponsored by them, and that's that's something to take, not to take for granted. Um, and you know, if they do get to a point where they want that something more than, like I, I personally encourage all of my players, if you get offered like a better deal or think you are ready for that next level, like, I don't want to hold you back. I want to be enabling you. I want my players to feel like I'm enabling them, and if that stops, then I don't want them to be a part of that, you know? I, I, I genuinely want good things to happen for everyone involved, and I guess that's what I'm trying to go for with this Invitational, and it's just my sponsorships in general, is enabling players to play. So you were talking about Cloud9 and Panda. Those two organizations have dozens, if not more, employees, I have to assume. We're talking about, I mean, Cloud9 in particular, millions of dollars going in and out. If I, I mean, come on, how could it not be? Sorry, I don't know the, I don't know how much money these people make, but uh, what I'm saying is, is that, it's, is it just you for Conduit Gaming, or is there a team that you sort of field with the organization? In terms of the business entity itself, I am the sole proprietor of Kind of Gaming LLC. 
but the 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 overall goal is for it to feel more like a community than just me paying people. <laughs> like yeah. I want people to feel like they're involved somewhat. Um, whether you're a sponsored player or just and someone playing in the events I hold, and it goes beyond melee. I'm the head TO of Thirsty Thursday, which is the big online biweekly for Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Like I'm, it's funded by devs. I have the only dev support online tournament. It, it's just gaming in general that I'm trying to, to, to foster these communities and, and to make them better. Um, and I have the means to do so. Not everybody does, and I feel somewhat obliged to contribute back to the community that has helped me feel more... Make me feel like I have more of a purpose. I, I don't know how else to put it. I feel like I'm doing something that people appreciate, and I appreciate that in a way. It's like selfless selfishness. Yeah. I feel good for helping people because I, I can. And like I, I feel like that's a win-win. You have two big options. You can either feel good about how you spend the extra income that you make in a selfish way, purely selfish way, or you can feel good about how you're helping others reach the next step or or just to be able to feel like, oh man, I play so much melee for only really the pride of it, which a lot of those a lot of those grinders and melee players out there, this is the reality. You sort of accept that when you're going in uh, you 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 know that this 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 whole melee thing is not something where if you get to be top fifty you can have just melee paying for everything. But it's literally twenty at the most who can even say it's it's worth doing full time. So, but there are players that just do a lot of hours anyway. So it's cool that there are people like you who have conduit gaming who say we we can't pay all of the the bills, but as our different tiers of sponsorship level we can make this whole playing melee thing a little bit more fun a little bit less worrying on your budget and kind of justify the time a little bit more because for a while you might play melee for three four five six years depending on the person before you start to put in meaningful results the the new fun development of course being that slippy tends to ramp up that's that process make it a lot faster than it had been in times previous but still players like jmook who really should have popped off sooner but for some reason didn't want to travel something about school (laughs) nerd finally gets out to genesis 8 just kills it one player short of winning the whole thing just exploding onto the scene now of course uh like other people who have been sort of paying attention to melee and i'm sure you you knew this as well jmook had been doing some really nice performances prior to Genesis 8, which is why I was so sad it wasn't until 2022 that he popped off, but those players are out there, and it's oh, yeah. cool that it's cool that there isn't just a step of, I need to get onto Cloud9. Well, how many players has Cloud9 signed? Just the one. Just the one. Okay, that's one big organization within Melee that I probably can't pursue. Now Panda. Well, they have two. Now, oh, oh, ugh. Conduit gaming, yay! We could get, we could start with that. We could start with that. Yeah, and the way I see it is, there are it's that upper echelon, right? Like the top thirty, like they obviously deserve, you know, a good amount of pay. I'm not aiming for those, right? There's the top thirty-one through top five hundred that could be top thirty players, 
what are they getting? I'd rather do smaller sponsorships and go wide than, you know, pay like hire someone to play melee for conduit gaming. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know. There's just, that would feel disingenuous to the community to not pay back. Like I guess to a lesser extent, the, the tournaments do that. Like if you're entering online tournaments or locals, like, and you're, you're showing that you're able to take those, you're going to make money through that, but that's not necessarily the most consistent. Um, you go through a bad patch and suddenly you might not have that expendable income to enter those tournaments and you're, you're screwed. So things like, oh, I don't have to worry about entry or venue fees. Those are covered for me. Like that could mean a, a huge amount to these players that are this close to being in that area where they can take games or sets from the best players. And um, to not allow for those players to have that, I, I don't know. Uh, that's just, I feel like uh, that's more important to me than hiring someone to play Melee. Uh, a lot of the people that I have on my team are, are have like full-time jobs. Like Eddie Mexico, the most wholesome guy in the community. He has like a full-time job. Uh, I don't know the exact details of his work, but it's very like respectable work. And then he comes home and he plays Melee. And, you know... Why not? It gets a little bit extra money for that too. <laughs> Casually winning TNT West, West Coast every now and again. It's just, it is so cool. Yeah. Um, and there's other things on my radar. I, I can't touch on them too much, but things like Emblems GG I'm working on, which is going to be a, a database of, of player results. But uh, allowing for community funding is the goal. You can fund players, and then if they do well, you might have some return on investment in your future. Like it's, I don't, I don't want to touch crypto. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that that is not on the agenda, but it's similar to like stocks, player stocks is, is, is the idea that I'm going with this. So it'll help not just me funding these players, but those, the people in their communities that are close to these really good players can do the same and then potentially make money from it. And that could be a game changer and would exemplify what I'm trying to do with conduit gaming. So in, in the long run, it's, it's things like that on a larger scale that I want to make happen. Um, but for now, my small scale player sponsorships are, are what I'm focusing on. As well as the conduit gaming sponsors, sponsorship inventational. So this is coming up on June 18th, which is streamed on, on, um, on, um, 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 uh, <laughs> CG underscore conduit gaming on Twitch. On uh, Twitch. Whoever has the actual conduit gaming Twitch, I'm coming for you. <laughs> There's so much discrepancy between my social medias. The link tree, uh, the link true.ee forward slash conduit gaming. You can find the links there. It's a good site. I, I don't blame you for, for adding that to your repertoire. Yeah, the link tree is on the at conduit underscore gaming on the Twitter. So you'll get the link tree for conduit gaming stuff in the description of the podcast as well. So don't you worry about that. You can check out all these things while we're talking about it. Because like I said, I don't mean any offense to the YouTube people, but I'm serious. If you just go on one of the podcasting places you on your phone, if you don't have YouTube premium like me, I don't have YouTube premium. You can just Check it out while we're talking about it. Oh, wow. Cool. Twitch, drop a follow. That's not a big deal. It's pretty cool. 
I'm interested in hearing though about this 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 concept where you're talking about yeah. being okay with how Condo Gaming is not going to rival Panda or or Golden Guardians in terms of yeah we have we have top twenty top ten players and we also do all this extra stuff on top of it and somehow <laughs> just keep it going because I mentioned Golden Guardians they have three. They have three people on the team. Sorry. Wow. Four. Four. Jeez. Sorry, Tove. They have four Two people on the team. players, so, so it can get confusing. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, running a YouTube channel where they're producing several pieces of content a week, like at least three pieces of content a week. That's There's, there's a lot of people behind that making it go, especially the players. And I do mean Tove when I say players as well. Tove is not just oh, yeah. one, of our, one of our best commentators. I love Tove. Tove is a friend of the program. So... When you have when you have that org to look at, like Golden Guardians and so on and so on, and then you can then you look at yourself, the temptation, of course, when people are talking about, oh, it's cool to be part of this org or that org. This it's I feel this way when when people don't talk about bottom smashed mountain. I always go, aw, I, I like shoutouts. Um, yeah. I'm referencing I'm referencing what happened with Salt when. Salt is looking for other orgs to sign with because his time at Conduit Gaming is either coming to an end or is about to come to an end, something to that effect, and sort of just you know quickly moving on, and everyone's sort of already forgetting that Salt for a while was was with you was with Conduit Gaming. Your tweet basically saying I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, and, no, that's, I, I touched on that prior. Smaller orgs sometimes just are seeing like free agencies, and that's just. It's not true. Um, what happened right. with Salt is after his summit experience, I, I don't blame him. Like he felt like he was in that upper echelon and deserved, you know, these larger scale sponsorships. And if he thinks that's the right thing to do, then by all means, um, maybe wait more than a day after the summit. But like, you know, the the, the mindset made sense. It was fresh, and um, I, I I don't I try not to focus on that aspect too much. I try to focus on what happened the days before. Conduit Gaming got not one, but two players into Summit. One of them through voting and another through VIP. Um, the salt part was amazing. Like, watching him was a thrill. Taking Zane to Game 5, left into Game 5. Just him showing up, it validated my mentality of there's so many players out there that people don't really pay attention to that given the opportunity people will pay attention to and, and it, it it stings because salts like great i loved having him on the team he showed great results under the team and i I'm, i have no regrets but zealot is the current uh gold sponsor and he was on the verge of making top four for that sunday stream to show like what he had and it just never happened like i, I can't blame anyone covid sucks and yep. and, and ruined everyone's plans but but goddamn i was i was really hoping to to have that zealot showcase and if, if you go to the start gg page for that summit it just it, the vip bracket just stopped nothing happened with it i haven't heard anything like i i even asked um the cheat like hey like is this gonna be played out in some form and i i haven't heard back i i don't know what's going to happen with it it's just sitting there and people paid like a thousand dollars each to get into that vip bracket i don't know i i hope to see something whether it's online or just like an invite to the next summit but 
but I, I feel a little cheated with with Zealot there. He, I was really excited to see what he could do. I feel like he could have took it. He he the the number one seed, I believe, Rishi. He took game five in winners, so like he had a chance. And he's currently the golden sponsor, and the golden sponsor for Condo Gaming is the closest that Condo Gaming will get to, like you know, a, a larger scale sponsorship. Like right. you get paid for your online results, we'll cover your entry and venue fees, we'll help you with travel and lodging. If a summit is like on the horizon and there's a VIP, like you are by default like going to be any recipients of those 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 uh, here and there benefits and. Um, yeah, I, I think that is what I would want to showcase as kind of gaming is, is the gold sponsorship. Like that's, that's the player I want to look out for. So it will be at battle of BC. So hopefully him and Eddie can make some results, but, uh, after battle of BC is the invitational and there will be another conduit gaming player on the horizon. And there's a lot of really good players to look out for that. And as well as like, a we got J salt, we got meds, we have, a a lot of really good players, uh, Malachi, uh, Kevin Maples. Like I don't remember the last time I've heard of Kevin Maples, but that guy's really good. <laughs> so and out and I, out here, I think going underneath Maple or Maples sometimes in these uh, in these brackets, I go, "Where's Kevin Maples?" And people are like, "Oh no, it's either Maple or Maples." But I also wanted to throw a shout out to Error, who's a friend of the program. You know, good luck to Error for this invitational event. Just saying, you know, just just. Sh- Oh my gosh! What if? <gasps> what yeah, if he? What so if he's many... got a Borg controller by then? Oh my gosh! Sorry, you've heard about <laughs> these fob controllers. Hoborg is making a bunch. Shout outs, Borg technology. Oh, oh. You get it. You get it. I would really love to see Error with a consistent controller because that would be so cool. Just yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, be cool. and that—that's kind of the point. Is there's so many players that like when you mention to a lot of people, they'll be like, I haven't really heard of that. Maybe here or there. And then there will be some people that will be like, oh my God, I love that player. That's one of my favorite players. Um, getting more people to have that, 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 that uh, association with the player, like with, with Salt, like before Summit, Salt obviously had like a lot of people that, that were all on board with them. And no, I don't think the community as a whole expected the performance that he showed at Summit. Um, and Summit... Uh, Salt at Summit obviously was was huge, good for him. But there's he's not the only player that could have that. Uh, at Summit, there's always that one player that is like nobody expects them to have that breakout run, and then they have that breakout run. And um, getting players to be able to have that um, through the, whether it's a sponsorship invitational or uh, online events, like there's there's ways to do that, and I want to have more opportunities for that to happen. And it needs to be more than just summit, a, a, a tournament that happens maybe twice a year that requires tons of money to be put into it in order to get your face out there. Like there's so many more ways to, to, to get, make a name for yourself. Just run your own stuff, put yourself out there. I mean, that's what I'm doing with like the, the podcast, not speaking on it selfishly. Like I, I do a podcast because I want everybody to know who I am, but it's just it, the more things you do, the the more things are just going to eventually the ripples will go through the rest of the community i think about you're the fact that you're not just in melee but you're also thirsty thursday if that's a bi-weekly in the nasby the nickelodeon all-star brawl community then a lot of people know about conduit gaming through there and you were talking about it for slap city when that used to be a thing so i like the, the by the way ludosity from one game to the next that's kind of cool 
And yeah. then, uh, have you ever considered with uh, Rivals Two eventually releasing at some point, some point, like consider yeah, the like, possibility of getting into that that kind of stuff? Yeah, there's other games like uh, I held a multiverses tournament when that uh, open alpha was happening. Rivals Two, of course. Um, you know, if a community, if there's an opening in a community for more support, then I will try and fill it. Um, with multiverses, there were so many tournaments. Like, I, I didn't need to hold that, but, you know, jump on the bandwagon kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, with, with, with like, Nick, it, it, there isn't really that uh, higher-level uh, tournament support. Um, you've got things like uh, PX Champions, which has, has Nickelodeon also brawl. PX Pride has a lot of involvement with the community as well. But um, there, are, of course, as time goes on, platform fighters in general are just going to have more and more additions and more and more niches that, that need filling. Um, and being able to recognize more than just like players, it'll get to the point where it's games, like whole communities that could have that little extra support to make a big difference. I'm curious on your your thoughts about P plus or modified games on whether I, or not conduit gaming would want to be something like that. I wish they didn't have to play tournaments in the walls, like <laughs> let them in. Um, they're great. Or let game. them commentate I, I the like, tournament. This, <laughs> that's a thought. Yeesh. Yeah. I just, yeah. But, and not, I don't want to speak too much on that, especially with things like the Panda global cup going on right now. We need to, you know, hold our tongues a little bit and make sure they don't, overstep backward uh but um there's nda stuff going on or what's it called copyright flags um but no without things like p plus and project melee i don't think platform fighters as a genre would have exploded the way it did because it showed that there was a market for something other than what nintendo was pushing yeah there was a craving for something more than brawl like yeah. <laughs> could be so much more and I'm glad it happened, and I wish they were treated with more respect. I don't think it's necessarily treated with respect from the community itself. I, I, don't, I can't think of many, like, Melee players or Rivals players that would look at P+, and be like, why? Because that's, their, that's, that's your roots. If, if you're looking at things like Melee and P+, and even Smash 64, and being like, ew, why, why would anyone even consider that? Well, there's a reason that you play the game that you do and it's because these existed they watched so that you could run and i'm really excited to see what happens with platform fighters i think it's a very unexplored genre that's really starting to get a little bit more like triple a attention hopefully for the better um but yeah p plus mad respect wish that it could get more support but there are just things that can't happen with it and that probably won't change also, while we're talking about modified games, shoutouts to Smash Remix, my favorite modified game, of, unless you say that Slippy is modified, which the, technically I guess the answer is yes, it is modified since Melee never had online capabilities before, before Fizzy blessed us from above. But I love Smash Remix, super fun. This is a modification for Smash 64 where they add stages, characters, even items. Like it's just like it's it's so cool. Uh, they instead of having the normal nine stages you can play on like 60 plus stages it's ridiculous it's so cool so it's still on a competitive stage right uh, well yeah i mean this is where me and smash 64 people disagree because they're obsessed with dreamland i don't get it oh yeah they love dreamland can't get enough of it 
They have Dreamland variants. Like the Smash Remix team is so desperate to get them to move off of Dreamland. They have like five or six Dreamland variants where functionally the same exact stage dimensions mechanics it's only a palette swap for something else and still and still at these smash remix tournaments sure enough they're going to dreamland uh, as a person who loves watching melee watching melee playing melee watching 64 playing 64 just so much dreamland (laughs) that's where i'm coming from this play on a different stage tag gummit yeah, well, I, I have a similar uh, feeling towards melee and battlefield. Honestly, I, everybody like holds battlefield up as this like pillar of of what stages should aspire to be. <laughs> ledges, and I those ledges, and I'm like, get out of my face! I don't want to play on battlefield. I'm sorry, I just don't want to play on that stage. I'll take Yoshi's over battlefield any day. Well, you can see on that stage better if you have a bad CRT. <laughs> Battlefield's a little bit of a nightmare. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Well, another thing in the arsenal for you, if you're if you're running out of points, you can pull that from the bottom of the barrel. Okay, so what stage would you want to add if you could just wave a wand and now we're back on Rainbow Cruise or Pokefloats or another stage? Good question. Um, and will the I, Invitational do this with enough pushing from the community, as in from me? Just literally me. Yeah. Every once yeah. in a while, being like, "Shout out to Kreestab, please add Pokey Floats to the Invitational for 2024." Yeah. If it were to be my call, it would be some form of Frozen Mute City, like get rid of the cars, maybe, uh, or Congo Jungle. I, I feel I, I, if I, I think Two Saint brought it up recently. This why Congo Jungle isn't legal. Like, obviously, there's reasons it's not legal, but. Like, I don't know. I could, I could have fun on that stage. Smooth out the, the platforms, get rid of the barrel, make, a, make the rock go away, get rid of the, the logs that come down the river, and all of a sudden, Congo Jungle's looking real nice. <laughs> or are we talking yeah, about yeah. the other one? Are we talking about the other one where it's the river that's going uh, right to left? I always get Honestly, those two. Either or, if you like clean it up a bit, like we did with Pokemon Stadium, and now possibly other stages i don't know everybody i feel like slippy spoiled some people in some respects but well, i love april fool's day the right direction like um i could see some changes that would make melee for the better my only worry is accessibility like if it creates a, a system where users getting into the game need to go through all of these hoops to make it happen like it's probably not worth it like, i'm starting to, to fall more and more in love with the concept of having tournaments where they're not super super big no majors or super majors but maybe for a regional at 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 the most but certainly the monthlies like we have a special stage added or special rule applied i just love the concept of different regions playing around with that kind of stuff i'm not talking about going super duper crazy where you have lightning melee on and all the items are on and we're only playing on Brent Star depths, but I'm I'm just saying I feel like I feel like there's all kinds of cool little little things that we can do because I think it's just sort of I like the idea of attracting in a casual audience that likes seeing weird stuff like the one of the things that I remember most from Summit I want to say this is the one that Ginger went to so it wasn't the most recent Summit it was Smash Summit 12 that's right where they had items on. <laughs> 
and does like a down throw against Pipsqueak and freezes him in one of the Pokemon attacks. And then a bomb goes off at the same time. Like it was super funny. Oh, I just I, think I, I know what interaction you're talking about. Or yeah. when Wizra was tech chasing Leffen, even though Leffen had the, the, uh, no, not the going invisible. Oh, what's the that stupid cloak? thing? Cloaking device. Yes, yes, yes. Just tech chasing Leffen anyway. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the side events or something at summits in particular that I I feel like should get a lot more attention. Like, um, I remember there was a year where like Slap City was a side event. I really missed the uh, the Iron Man's where you would like create character rosters and then play people with those. That's like my favorite. Um, I try and hold that during the Gold Invitationals. Um, but but yeah, there's more than just the default competitive singles. Um, and uh, with these state with these modifications that are happening with things like slippy like you've got smash ball which is gaining mm-hmm. some traction um mm-hmm. i've seen some people playing smash ball um but just little intricacies with their that people are creating i hope it doesn't get too much attention because then you know modifications like that you don't want to deviate too much the fact that slippy has gone under the legal radar to the extent that it has is, is is promising, but I don't want to push it too much. Well, they know that's the one thing they can't go after. They can stop Big House from running an online event using Slippy. They obviously know what it is, but they can't. If they actually shut down Slippy, that would be... I mean, it's the equivalent of shutting down big tournaments in general now. I think that it's just like, it, it's, it's, it's too much of a move, I guess. Um, yeah. I think that's why Evo 2013 worked out the way that it is because they realized, and they realized it a bit too late, but better than never, they realized, oh, wait a minute, this is too much of a move because we're yeah. by all the angles we're we're in the wrong, even though we're in the right because we're Nintendo and it's our property, our intellectual property. And we all recognize that, of course, of course. Yeah. But other other than that, other than that fact, it just was not a good look, you know, funding breast cancer research and trying to bring a community together. Uh, yeah, at Evo, yeah. It was a bad look. The, the Nintendo legal team and the Nintendo PR team, uh, I'm assuming have adapted over the years and learned to actually talk with each other. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> There's all kinds of lists that uh, I shout out to Vigilante Blade for keeping a list of all the times where where something cool is happening and then we all go, oh, the MCA mm-hmm. comes in. You can you can just and all these YouTube videos, too. I just love that there's sort of there 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 are little tiny things that still slip through the cracks every once in a while. The biggest thing being slippy. I will take that uh, every day, all day, because having online that is viable for tournament play, especially if it's more region locked because you could do cross country play, but I've heard enough complaints about that by now that I go, okay, maybe it's not as legit as I was hoping it would be when Slippy first came out. But, you know, having East Coast locked, West Coast locked, Midwest doing whatever they want to do, hey, they could do both. It's all good. And yeah. you, you could just... Midwest are kind of in that weird range where it's mm-hmm. like, I can do whatever. It's super cool. And you can, you can have... You can have great events, including the sponsorship invitational and trying to do all that kind of stuff. And I'm curious about I'm curious about the the idea of community building. I I have obviously this is I'm not I'm not trying to make it sound anecdotal, but I think about I think about how I think about how all chat esports, their idea of community building, other than running 
two tournament series one pino's tired of o2 and then most what most people recognize the salt mine they also have this idea of like fitness tracking and journeying and having having accountability buddies systems all that fun stuff i i think about that because i've i've talked to enough people in the all chatty sports org including slumlord who's one of the front-facing co-founder co-owners of that yeah that's super cool to hear about the community building stuff like that. And you were talking about community, community building stuff earlier, mainly in the, the events that you're running in different communities, trying to provide sense of consistency because especially with, with the Nickelodeon all-star brawl bi-weekly, I don't want to make any jokes about the game being dead or anything. I just know that if only one online event is having dev support, it just simply means that it it's, less than having two online series that have dev support or five or however many. And then you have all these big games like smash still being very, very huge. And then multiverse is coming out this summer or sometime this year, I assume, but the Evo announcement where they say our, our Evo invitational for multiverses is going to have a rather hefty, jefty price pool and that, and that, and the other consistency is such a big deal. Yeah, for people yeah. to gather and actually play their game. And that that would be something that you really lean into, right? Yeah, more or less. Um, before sponsorships, tournament prize pools were the way that I would help fund the community. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with Nickelodeon Star Brawl, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have that dev support. Um, they, you, they have thrown dev support quite, in quite a good amount uh, towards, like, offline events. But in terms of online events... I don't think, like, obviously more dev support would be would be amazing, but, like, they're putting their eggs in one basket because there's only so many eggs in that respect right now. Yep. And I, they're still, I, I think, I, I don't know too much about the dev schedule behind the scenes, but the game just wasn't really at the spot that the team wanted when it was released, and they're, it, it's kind of like a No Man's Sky situation where they're playing catch-up. And trying to deliver on you know the promises that were made, um, like for example, just today there was a voice acting released. You've got uh, voice actors like Tom Kennedy um, doing SpongeBob, and like uh, a lot of like most of the characters are voiced by their original voice actors now. And it just it was out of nowhere, so um, they're oh, obviously cool. not giving up on the game. Yeah, and, and um, like I wouldn't be surprised if it did survive. It, it's just. It had a lot of rough patches, and there's still a long way to go. Um, but um, like, I, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy to support the the scene as long as it it is willing to need support. <laughs> like as long as people want this tournament series to happen and people keep entering, I'll just keep doing it. That's cool to hear. And it's cool to okay. It's one of the one of the most disconcerting things, and I didn't put my finger on it right away. But it, it as soon as somebody pointed out it has no voice acting, I I definitely thought, oh, that's what I've been noticing. Like that's been like throwing me in for a loop when I watch Mango playing or what have you. Is that? I, and I thought I always thought it was just sort of like it doesn't matter whether or not it's voice acted or not. And then I realized, oh, it kind of does. Mainly, it it might just be because I'm used to it with Smash or or what have you. But I thought, oh my gosh. So it's really cool to hear that for all of you who are out there who used to play Nick or are still playing Nick to boot it up today. You'll get to hear, get to hear voice acting. That's really cool. Uh, they can't bring back, they can't bring back for certain people like the kid who grew up to be uh, not sounding like Ang anymore. Definitely understand that. But otherwise, yeah, or, really cool. uh, 
like uh forget what his name is um the one who voice acted nigel thornberry i'm gonna be vilified for not remembering his name i obviously know who it is um uh, the name if i look it up on twitter i could probably he was a he was part of monty python um tim curry tim curry yeah like he's not really voice acting very much anymore uh, but for the most part they did a very good job with with with, with the cast and and how it turned out um so say something but then i spent all of my brain cells thinking of tim curry and trying to figure out what his name was. <laughs> um who doesn't love tim curry yeah 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 no, oh right 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 the, the thing about nickel and all-star brawl is that it might it, it bridges a gap better than all the other platform fighters i think to traditional fighting games it has a lot of um gameplay mechanics that translate very well to that um notably the the analog inputs there's not the the control stick it doesn't it doesn't really pay attention to like the little discrepancies you don't need any notches it's it's just up down left right um yes to control and uh, i think that is pretty appealing to um fighting game players it was featured at combo breaker recently and uh had got a pretty good reception there so i think there's still uh, a lot to be said about that game and you you'll be seeing more of it hopefully and the what you have to remember in all of this is how this game came out during the pandemic when it's just so hard to know when are we going to have the big tournaments come back and so far in this year we had to wait until roughly april you know because of because of the omicron variant originally we were going to pop off in january with stuff like genesis but that got pushed back to april so there's just you know different things like that melee has been waiting for this the fighting game community has been waiting for this ultimate of course as well and the glowing all-star brawl so hopefully as the year continues you'll get to see bigger events for just about everything that you want to watch and it's not just going to be the sports world who's putting on events either at 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 no caution to the wind thrown or or what have you. Hopefully, we'll the gamers will get to be out here as well, doing it as safely as possible. For you, Chris yeah. Stab, you were talking about how Zealot and Eddie Mexico are going to Battle of BC, which is coming up this weekend. So good yeah. luck to them, and hopefully, get to push Conduit Gaming's name out there more. But other than that. What events are you trying to personally get out to? Or after the sponsorship invitational ends and that player is in the ranks, another Conduit Gaming player out there in the world, that'll be super cool. After that happens, what are the next steps for you? Um, so in terms of events that I'll be attending, um, I have um, uh, an entry booked for Shine um, oh. in New England. So like... That's just a given. I gotta go to Shine. I, I haven't been to Shine before. I think the only big offline event I've ever been to was Super Smash Con 2018, and that was because of a Slap City event. So being able to go to Shine and just enjoy it for Melee, maybe there's a chance that Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl might make an appearance, but don't quote me on that. Still trying to figure that out. But um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to be trying to make an appearance at Shine. Um, in terms of Conduit Gaming players, uh, Smash Daddy, I believe, will be at CEO as well. Um, I don't know if anybody else is going to CEO. And I'm trying to get a good amount of players over to Shine. Oh, right, there's Gommel. Um, I believe GooseCon and Kubi are going to be at Gommel. 
Um, there's just a lot of events all over the place, and I sponsor people around the country. So you'll you'll probably see a Conduit Gaming player at a tournament somewhere or another. Um, and I'm happy that that's the case. Like the the logo, you'll be seeing a, a little bit more of it, hopefully. Um, and it's been a long time trying to get that out there. There the amount of times like on a tournament stream where I'll have a player up there and there's just no logo and they're playing something with a logo and it's game five and I'm like, God damn, this would look so good with CG up there. That's all I want. Like I pay money. I don't ask for anything returned. Just show my logo, please. <laughs> Grand Finals, J Flex is playing against playing against Ben and uh, all chatty sports is like, come on, put on the ace tag, put on the ace tag. And I'm thinking it's grand finals. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and it's partially on the players, but it's also partially on the TOs and just the stream production staff in general. Like, just ask the player. Like, if you're not sure if this tag is just some crew or some goofy moniker before your name, just ask. If they're in top eight and they're on the stream for thousands of players, people just. Hey, like, is this a sponsorship? Like, what do you have a sponsor? I don't know. I'm gonna have to talk. I mean, I'm 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 hoping to talk to Unsure in the near future, and Unsure is one of the TOs of Hold That L7. So I'm actually gonna need to make myself a reminder to be like, what goes? There has to be more than just the fact that the stream is running top eight, because I've heard TOs describe running top eights as easier than running the rest of the tournament, where you have to deal with pools and seating. And by the time you get to top eight, most of it, the TO work is done. But running the stream is still very much a thing, especially for yeah. top eight. You want that to be executed pretty well. You want it to go maybe not five hours, <laughs> but you get concerned when you see a bunch of floaties in your top eight. You go, oh no, oh gosh, oh gosh. Uh, but you, you know what I mean? Like it, there yeah, are still I... things that you get tripped up on in sponsorships. It seems like for the for for the all chat and the and the and the conduit gamings of the world, I always feel sad because you get to top eight and you go, okay, chances are for a bigger event, a regional like hold that L seven, most of these players or maybe all of them will have a sponsor tag. But then, yeah. aw, aw. as somebody who's been in the position, um, both as a TO and a stream runner, uh, usually both at the same time, it like, sometimes it just does slip through the cracks. Like I remember Otez, um, uh, an Ontario Fox player was picked up by Hellraising Gaming and they had played in previous content gaming events. They were like an FNM regular for a while. And like I, when there was their time to play on stream, like I use a, a site called stream meta to, to, to run the overlay. I put in Otez and like, Previously, they weren't sponsored, so all the details popped up, but without the Hellraising Gaming moniker, and I just, it's I, I, it's just slipped through the cracks. I didn't put it up there, so I, I myself am guilty of of not always representing the orgs. It just sometimes happens. It's just a matter of of paying attention. Like if somebody in the stream chat says, "Hey, you know such and such is sponsored by so and so," like just be like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna take your word for it and put it up there because it does more harm than good to 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 miss." A, a tag like if you're unsure like okay rep their crew like they're not a sponsor but if they were a sponsor then you'll look a lot worse for not having that so what is an org that you wish you could be a part of if you were not doing conduit gaming if conduit gaming is not really a thing or existing at all but you said to yourself i would love to be part of this esports org because i feel like i could make them better like 
instead of concentrating on conduit gaming because that wouldn't exist in this hypothetical question. Right, right. Um, gosh. So I have thought of this hypothetical before, whether it was, hey, we like what you did with Conduit Gaming, we want you to come on to our team, or even potentially like a merger, like I, I, we want to pick up what you're doing with Conduit Gaming and, and make it our brand. Like, I, and I don't know what I would say there. I, I don't know what I would do. If I'm not considering Conduit Gaming in the equation, if somebody's just trying to pick me up into a, a team, I would probably want it to be a team that isn't already involved with Melee um, and is looking to get into Melee, because I don't think I would want to, to, to run with something that's already been set up, you know? I, I don't want to take on those reins and have the expectations of, like, this is the way things have been. Like, you have to kind of hit the ground running, picking up um, what we're doing. Um, because I don't really have a strong alignment with any of the teams. Like, it's not like I'm a big diehard Cloud9 or, or Panda fan. Like, and I don't think that's much of a thing in the Melee world in general. Like, how yeah, many... Sponsorships don't last forever most of the time. And even the ones that do. Like, you're not a Mango fan because you're a Cloud9 fan. You're a Cloud9 fan because you're a Mango fan. Yes. Like, it's just the way it works in Melee. It's individual players. You pick up a team following because you like the players. You don't like the players because they're part of the team. There are some exceptions that are starting to come into this, like um, Spargo being picked up by FaZe, for example. You know, there's a lot of people that follow FaZe. Spargo's probably getting eyes he wouldn't otherwise because of that. Um, and obviously that would be super cool if it happened to Melee, but that's just not the case right now. Like, if there are big teams that are sponsoring Melee players, it's usually, like, one. Um, and, and like, Leffen, for example, is, like, you know, a TSM icon in, in, in his own right. But he's the only TSM player. TSM has their hands in so many pots, and they only have one Melee player. So yep. if I like Leffen, does that mean I like TSM? Not necessarily. And I, I, I don't know if that would mean that I'd want to be on TSM just because of Leffen. I don't know why I'm using Leffen in this example, but... Uh, the, the Leffen is... No, you're right. The TSM... The, the people were calling out TSM and chanting that when when he was doing his run at Pound, and it was like people cheering for AMSA, people cheering TSM, or Leffen. It, the crowd couldn't make up their mind. That, that fell apart a little bit there, being at that event. <laughs> it was fun. But that, that's the whole point. There are certain esports org where you say, I'm a fan of everything they do because I originally got into it with something that's not a Smash game not individual 1v1 you get into it because you really like league of legends or dota or uh, call of duty hey whatever 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 but you mostly mostly team games and team team games sort of do garner a little bit more of a oh the org behind it that's the thing to be loyal to as an eagles fan i can transfer that thought of saying i love the philadelphia eagles to I love what this esports org is doing with a team of players in this game that I enjoy, but it's it's I don't know it's not for everybody, and I actually truthfully I really only care about melee in terms of a of an esport. I recognize other esports go do your thing, but mostly I like watching melee a little bit of Smash sixty four as well, and that then and that's me. Uh, it's cool when they get involved these esports orgs that are not necessarily in melee when golden guardians came in that was super cool yeah. because they hadn't well, previously good. been in melee now they are they're sponsoring zane who's a great player and i go let's go golden guardians that's so cool when new yeah. 
when new, when new orgs come in, even if they're smaller ones, I'm always like trying to make sure I follow their Twitter. I comment on the post or I retweet the post and I go like, Oh, that's cool. This is happening. Thank you for sponsoring one of our players. That's so cool. And I know that means a lot to those orgs because even if they only have 2000 followers or 10,000 followers, it doesn't matter. They like seeing that kind of stuff. Let's go. Esports orgs. It's a win-win. It's a, a lot of the time it's just marketing. Picking mm-hmm. up players just so more people see your name. That's, that's a part of the whole point. And that's why sponsors sponsor sponsors. Like you see Geico on like jerseys and uh, all of these big companies. Uh, it's just a trickle down effect of I want people to see my name. I want to advertise. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, I think, the discrepancy that happens when you get to these smaller orgs is that. We don't have those sponsors. We don't have these revenue streams. Um, I think all chat does have some sort of system, but I'd be surprised if they're in the green in a substantial amount. I, I'd props to them if they're breaking even. Like we do this because we like it. We want to be doing it. We feel good doing it and and enjoy it. So yeah, like that's the vibe I want. If I were to be signed by some org to do something for them, whether it's uh, running player sponsorships uh, or doing player scouting or developing some site for them. I would want to feel like it's being done because we like being part of it. I don't, I would never want to become corporate. That's like, I I don't not do it for the money. I don't want the money. I, the reason my money goes out and not in is because the other people are who are the ones that deserve the money. I just want to enable that. And I mean, the, what I get out of it is, is the, it, any amount of respect or appreciation. Like, as blunt as that is, like, sure, that's my pay. Thanks for appreciating the things I do. But the main reason I do it is because other people deserve it. And as long as an org is picking me up for that reason, and they want to make community a better place, that is the org that I would want to be a part of. By the way, I wanted to, I was thinking about this and I said, somebody just joined the Melee scene as an esports org. Shout outs to Rectify Esports for signing Azul or Azul, however you pronounce it. Hmm? Yeah, I had never heard of that team. And then you sign a Melee player and suddenly I heard of the team. So like... So that's I like. All part of the point. I like what they're doing. Hashtag get wrecked. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. Rectify you sorts to get it. That's you get it. You get it. You get it. So that's cool. Yeah. It's cool because there's been a little bit of a renaissance in terms of esports either coming back into melee or joining melee for the first time because they recognize all kinds of stuff happening. And even despite all that, I love the fact that Conduit Gaming is still out here. Kreesab, thank you so much for. Take the time to join me tonight. I want to get us in the direction of wrapping up. I have no Patreon questions this time. So whatever you want to end us with, and then you can start to make sure you get the official plugs out. Okay. Um, I don't know when this is going to go up, but assuming it happens this week, um, there is still time to apply for the sponsorship invitational. The next round of invites will be happening Saturday. The pulls up calendar. 11th saturday the 11th is the next round of invites there's an application uh linked on the start to g page start to g uh forward slash cgsi uh, it'll take you to the tournament page um apart from that join the discord follow on twitch we stream melee and nickelodeon all-star brawl for the most part um pay attention to our players because they'll be doing great things and um 
yeah, keep your eyes open. Um, there's a lot of projects that I have going on in my head. It's just a matter of making them happen since like I have people that are part of the things that I do, obviously, like I couldn't do this by myself, but for the most part, like I'm, I'm the one leading the charge. So, uh, with a full-time job, there's only so fast that I can make things happen. So, uh, <laughs> like we're not going anywhere, but it might take a little bit of time for the big things to start happening. I love to hear that there are actually people I was trying to fish for the whole who's helping who's helping making this happen. Do you want to give any shout outs or do the people know who they are? They don't they don't they don't operate and live on these. Let's see people who I would want to sponsor for doing the things they do, but can't Um, Trill Jake has been a regular commentator for quite a long time. Props to him. Um, Little Mitts. Another great player. Little Mitz, let's go. Let's go. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You got a little Mitz? Yeah. Um, Low-key, one of the sickest puffs. I could use a little bit of mentality tweaking. Give him a little bit of time, and I feel like he'll be one of the better puffs to watch. Um, there's uh, some people that I just like talking to about these decisions. Like, I don't want to make these decisions by myself because that just leads to bad things. Like, there was... If I had to say something that I could have handled a lot better in the past. Um, before Conduit Gaming was even a thing, there was a player called Zion that I let enter some FNMs. And I had been, I had gotten feedback like, hey, Zion is probably something you don't want to let in. I just didn't really know better. Like, I, I feel like listening to people and having these people that are close to you that could have opinions that you respect is important so that you avoid entering these situations like letting Zion enter your tournaments during a time where that is very controversial um, is, is important. And I have those players. I can't list them all off, but like I have, I have my people that are in the wings that it's like, if I'm caught in a bind, it's like, I don't know what decision to make. Like shout out to the people that help me make those decisions and try and come out on top with the right call. Um, you have a support system. Yay. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, support system. Exactly. If you are in the, the, the underbelly of anything that CG has done, shout outs to you because like, I obviously can't do this all by myself. So those little tiny helps, even if it's just a one-time thing, like shout out to Etost for helping me with some of the start GG API stuff for emblem GG. Like it's just, even if it's just little things, like it, it helps make this more of a community instead of just my own little thing. Yay, that's super cool. Like, uh, I think about Sprinting Legs, who Legs is up in Nodosha also. Yep. Who actually produced my YouTube videos for a little while because I literally had no capabilities of doing that for a bit there because I was, it's a long story, but Legs has helped out with the podcast before, uh, not helping more because I, I, I can do most of this stuff now on my own, but helped me out when I was like, I literally don't know. I can't do it. She said, I'll, I'll just do it for you. I was like, you do that for me. Thank you legs. So yeah. shout outs to legs. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up once again. Christoph, thank you for joining me on bottom of smash mountain and making the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Never been on one of these things. <laughs> Good experience. Uh, yeah, I, I felt a little bit challenged to stay on topic sometimes, but that's just part of who I am. So no regrets. Mm, yay. And the whole thing about podcasts, for those of you who are listening who say, well, why am I not on the podcast? Just reach out to me and we can talk about whatever you like with Smash and, and what you're doing because 
if we go into tangents like we were doing today, I wasn't coming in ready to talk about Nickelodeon and All-Star Brawl, but I loved being able to dive into different stuff like that because it's a podcast. That's the whole point. It's not a YouTube video or a TikTok. We could just, we could talk about whatever we like because we got, we got time. So once again, thank you for joining me and we'll end the recording there.